Welcome to Intelligogy with Tracy Browder. Uh, today is the second series in Teach Better Tuesday, and we have with us Ray Hewitt. Hi, Ray. How are you? Hey, so glad to be here. Episode two. This is awesome. Awesome. Well, it's a good thing that you came back. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was so good the first time. I had to come back the following week because I had too much fun. We did have a great conversation. So a quick introduction in case you have not seen the first episode. And Intelligogy has undergone a, an amazing format change for you specifically listeners so you know what content is airing when and, and just to make it relevant and real and, and connected to what we're going through every single day. So that being said, we do have Ray Hewitt here. She is the Director of Training and Development with Teach Better. Um, they have a very active, not only website, blog, they're active on every platform and social media. There's Mastery Chat, um, and I'll let Ray talk a little bit about that. And I do want to say that, um, I mentioned this on the last episode, but as I was researching Ray, I just, I'm, I'm just in awe at her heart for education and service. Um, she serves on multiple boards. She's an instructional assistant professor. She's currently a middle school teacher. Um, she has a new book coming out. <laughs> I'm so excited about that. Teachers deserve it. So I can keep going, but I'm going to let you talk a little bit, Ray. Share with us some more great stuff. No, I appreciate it. You know, hey, everyone. My name is Ray Hewart, and I love all things education. So I have been lucky enough to be in the classroom with students every single day. Well, not right now we're doing remote learning, but you know, I get to be with students in the trenches, but then also have opportunities to go into districts and host keynotes and workshops and, you know, kind of be in other educators' classrooms as well. And so many people say, you know, how wonderful that is. And I, I won't lie to you, I learned so much from being in all of your classes. So I really have the best of both worlds. And um, between other elements I'm able to do for the Teach Better team, whether it be live trainings or podcasts or blogs or books, uh, regardless, it's it's all in the spirit of being better today than we were yesterday and a little better tomorrow than we were today. Oh, I love that. And, and you know, the bottom line is growth. Um, you know, a lot of times we think when we're in other teachers' classrooms, it, it's, it's not helping them grow we're growing too, but it's collaboration. There, I, I feel like that whole mindset, that's a completely different conversation. You know, coaching and, and growing, that, that's all collaboration. It's, it's not just right. about the teacher in the classroom, so much more than that. Um, but today we're here to talk about um, self-care and mental health and what is the connection? I'm not even going to say, is there a connection? Because we know there is. So I want to explore the connections. And it couldn't be a more timely conversation with where we are right now in the, hopefully on the tail end of a global pandemic with COVID-19. <laughs> I know my fingers are crossed too. Um, but Ray, you know, you, I know, can talk about how busy you've been, how much is on your plate. How do we, how do we take care of ourselves right now in unchartered territory? How do we even hmm. begin? You know, I have to say, I am not good at this. And there's so many things I've actually learned because of this gift of time. We've been allotted with everything going on in the world to really focus on this. And I think that I am an example of a teacher who kind of ran a mile a minute every moment of the day and, you know, burn, like burned both ends of the candle until it was too late. And I just passed out, went to bed and then woke up the next morning and did it again. 
And uh, I won't lie to you, I think because of COVID-19 and having to be sheltered in place and needing to really work at home, there's almost been um, this, this new light on teacher care that I've been learning a lot about and not so much coaching other teachers on, but truly learning about myself. Have you found that it's been more of a focus for you with everything going on? Yes, absolutely. You know, we can we can talk about self-care, but practicing self-care, it's so hard to unplug from the computer. I mean, sometimes before I realize it, I'm too embarrassed to even say what time it is by the time I break away from the computer. Um, and, and we have to we have to we have to embrace what we're sharing with other people. We have to what is it? Take our own medicine, so to speak, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I don't know about what, you. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say what happens when we when we hit that wall from not taking care of ourselves? Absolutely. Horrible things. We can't get there. We need to catch it first. And I think it's so foolish, but um, I have started writing down things that bring me joy. And I know, I think it's so silly. I know that there are so many amazing strategies out there, but in some sense, I don't know myself well enough yet to know how to put balance in my life because I don't, I really don't know anything but working. I love my job. Like, holy cow, I love filling my day with all education. But the reality is being at home, uh, I do need to take breaks and step away. And I have, you know, dogs at home that need attention and everything in between. And so I've actually started a list. It's sitting on my refrigerator. If any of you are taking this hint and you want to start on your refrigerator and anytime I do something that I enjoy and, or maybe that surprises me that I enjoy, uh, I'm writing it down. And so that list, <laughs> Tracy, is ridiculous right now. I have everything from zucchini. Zucchini. I've been cooking a lot with. What a wonderful thing. I'm going to start cooking with more. That's been fun. <laughs> to uh, long walks with the dogs. I did a nature walk yesterday for about an hour and a half with the dogs. And I was shocked how wonderful I felt afterwards. And so wow. when we're talking about teacher care, it's kind of like the same strategies we tell each other with students. You cannot teach those you don't know, just like you can't balance a life that you don't yet know what to put into it to make it balanced. So I hope everybody starts their own little list, I guess, if you're at that point like I am. You're absolutely, you know, I, I love the idea of a list. And it's so funny because I've been thinking, gosh, I need to be, I need to slow down to write in a journal. I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to write? I really don't want to write a diary just day one, day two, day three, but it, it's the little things. It's the little things that we can write that, that make us giggle like zucchini, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know? And, and I, I love, oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that there's been a lot of moments where teachers have been grieving, Oh, you know, the loss of the school year. Uh, there's been a lot of trauma going on. I, I think that it's an easy list we can turn to and say, I'm really feeling down. How can I, what's like a pamper trigger? You know, what's something that I can put into my life really quickly that I know is going to lift me up? And rather than guessing, I'm going to go to my refrigerator and say, do I want to take a walk with the dogs? Do I want to do a little cooking? And kind of gives me some options, just like we would provide to our students. And, you know, it's the same way we need to treat ourselves well. You know, treat ourselves well and choice and empowerment, all of those things. I have a couple of friends, actually several friends who are younger, single, and 
are just young in marriage and young in years, young in age. Um, and teaching is all they know, you know, yeah. teaching is their world. So some of these young teachers went through levels of devastation that honestly, I was like, oh, bless your heart. You know, in, in my head, I'm like, okay, let me, let me help you figure this out. And it comes to what do I, you know, if there's one good thing that came out of this is for people to really get to know themselves. Yes, you know? absolutely. And, and I, I think that's, that's kind of what I've helped some of these younger teachers to see is that yes, teaching is our world. And, and the thing was they had a really hard time they grieved not getting up and going to the classroom. And and I do too. Ooh, I can eat, sleep and drink my kids. And I jump on the table and run around the room. I love it. I love it. I love it. But part of that resiliency is, and, and this is the layers and the levels of grief is the shock when tragedy happens and then the grief and the acceptance and how do we move forward? How do we move forward? No, it's totally true. And and even in addition to all those pieces you just listed, which I truly believe if you're and you're an educator, I'm guessing you went through all of these different transitions. We've also had real life elements going on that we can't do the same norms that we're used to. You know, I had um, two students, uh, parents pass away uh, through, uh, throughout this time. And I didn't realize uh, literally until the moment it happened, how hard it was going to be for me not to be with my students mm -hmm. as they were grieving. I mean, it wasn't so much that I needed to grieve the loss of, I mean, not that I wasn't, of course, very upset by the news, but I felt my responsibility was to be with that student, check in, always, you know, you know, yeah. you, you look at those social, those little cues in their eyes to see how the day's going. And I really struggled as an educator, fulfilling my purpose, I felt like I had, for my students. And so as we have these really tricky situations that we're navigating that don't have easy solutions, we need to make sure in our back pocket that we're providing ourselves structure so that we still come come out well um, at, at the end. And, you know, whether it be a list or, you know, I live by my calendar, you can put very specific things in your calendar every single day. Um, I know a lot of educators that I've especially talked to on the Teach Better team are like blocking out time that they are literally closing their computer, turning it off and putting it in a different room. We've had to do a lot of kind of like jokingly um, facilitated teachings with some of our some of our teammates being like, you are not allowed to be working right now. Please turn off your computer <laughs> because you're right. I mean, education's full, no matter what ed type of educator you are, it's full of people that just want to be working because this is our calling. And so how do you choose to step away from your calling? Well, you choose to step away from your calling so you can get filled back up in other ways so you can come back and be even better for your students the next time you get to engage with them. Absolutely. You said that so perfectly because I think too, when we get so wrapped up in continuing working, I, I think we think that's helping with the grief or, yes. or that's that's helping us cope. And it's important to continue, but it's important to pause and and be with your family, be with yourself, breathe, rest, restore yourself. I, I had to I had to use that very phrase this week, speaking of self-care and mental health and the connection. We got the news that our principal is moving to another school district. And that's the one thing that I hadn't, I didn't see coming because, 
you know, leadership changes and, and teacher changes, job changes, that doesn't stop because of COVID-19. So then we start thinking, okay, we may have a new leader. Will our assistant principal get the job? You know, all these different things. And we have to give ourselves permission to accept that we don't have all the answers. That that's the one thing I've learned out of all of this to give myself grace to rest and take care of my mental self is to know that we don't know. Yes. I um I am flashing back to a daily drop-in that I was watching. The Teach Better team was live um every single day, Monday through Friday, for the entirety of when kind of COVID-19 kind of shut down schools around March 16th, kind of till the end of the school year. Um, and there was a specific episode, I can't think of who was a guest on it, but they were talking about, dist- I'm not going to say it nearly as eloquently, I'll have to go back and, and rewatch this episode, but they were talking about distractions from the grief versus like truly feeling like finding a solution, like really coping with it and dealing with it. And your exa- your, the way you said that was beautiful, just the the conversation around just because you're working doesn't mean that the grief is subsiding. You just still need to sit with that and deal with it. And, you know, like people turn on television. Well, that's really a distraction. But, you know, sitting with it or having a reflective time, that's healing from it. And if we can find that balance, not to say you won't ever have distraction, but finding that balance is is so hard and so important. Absolutely. And and healing from it. That's that's the piece. I think we have to realize that we are grieving too, because yeah. I think a lot of times we don't really acknowledge or recognize that we're going through emotions. Um, and, and, and then that's how you kind of crash and burn because you yeah. never stopped to have the awareness that you were experiencing something that needed to be addressed, right? A thousand percent. I couldn't agree more. And holy cow, have I learned a lot by kind of giving myself the the homework of needing to do that. Um, so definitely. Okay. Big question here. As, as we've been talking, it made me think of something. How do we take this awareness into the next chapter? The next chapter being we're, we're all about to either, some people have already approached their summer and school break. Um, I haven't hit that yet. And I know a few people like Canada, they still have several weeks to go, but um, so as we start approaching the summer, what does self-care look like? And as we, after the summer, as we prepare to go back into school, we can't forget about self-care. So what, what do you suggest to listeners? as we prepare to, to close the school year and keep self-care in front of us, what what ideas do you have? Yeah. You know, like I said very early on in the episode, I was horrible at finding balance in life and really focusing on that self-care. And I'm truly learning more than ever how much joy it can bring into your life. And so I think that, especially with most teachers being big planners and, you know, um, going a thousand miles a minute, I think the more we can put those self-care habits into a routine, the stronger we're going to come out afterwards. And I am very much a routine person. I won't lie to you. I am. I've gotten back into yoga. I've loved yoga for years, took about seven years away from it because I was really focused on teaching and didn't take care of my body in that way. And the only way yoga is getting done is if I find a time to do it. 
and I make sure that it happens. And that might mean blocking it on my calendar. It might mean telling a friend to help me hold myself accountable. It might mean to get a buddy to do it with me. But regardless of the decisions you're making to incorporate that teacher care time, I really would encourage you to not just do it as um, uh, as something additional to your list, but truly make it a habit and a part of your routine. Otherwise, it's not going to get done. If it's on your to-do list, you'll always choose to pick something else than do the thing that gives you something special. Um, that's a Rachel Hollis you know, kind of mental idea of, you know, the easiest promises to break are the ones you make to yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. And as you were talking, it made me think of something, you know, we always put ourselves last, you know, we, we rarely are we the priority and we have to shift our thinking to really focus on taking care of ourselves, you know, the the age old oxygen mask phrase, how can we possibly help and serve others if we haven't filled our own tank um, and, and, and coming back into an environment that we don't have all the answers to, that we don't know what it looks like. We have to have, we have to put things in perspective and have a certain level of calmness and peace and have really taken care of ourselves and restored ourselves so that we can be everything for our students, for our teammates, and for ourselves. You know, there's that very famous um, like uh, idea, that metaphor of pouring into others, right? If you have a vase, you need to fill up your vase before you can pour into others. And I really want to have your listeners consider, you know, if you are pouring into your vase and you're filling yourself up with all this good stuff, you absolutely can tip over and give it to others. But the reality is that if you let it pour and continue to let it pour into you, it's going to overflow into others anyway. And so the more that you can take care of yourself, the better you're going to be able to be and the better you're going to be able to serve others. And so if you can continue to not only give to others, but give to others by allowing your joy to be overflowing, you're really going to get so much farther in your happiness journey than, than ever before. That is so powerful. I mean, that, that just really, really resonated with me. Um, I, I've never really thought about it like that. So for our listeners, I hope you have um, a peace and a moment of awareness and epiphany that I just had. So thank you for that, Ray. <laughs> I, it's completely, there are so many people that continue to share these wonderful ideas with me. I'm just trying to learn and, and continue to be better for me, my own teacher care, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So as, as we close out school years and we go into the summer and we're really, really talking about um, this self-care, you know, teachers' wheels are still going to be turning with the unknown. And I've really been trying to share that mindset of accepting that we don't have all the answers and getting into a state of peace. Do you think that's challenging for people? Oh my God, I know it's challenging. It's challenging for me. I I am such a, I think teachers, not just myself, teachers are problem solvers by nature, but we are problem solvers with the immediate information we have at hand. So I've even been thinking, somebody asked me how remote learning was going the other day, and I didn't want to sound flippant, but I almost feel like remote learning is easier than teaching full time. And when I said that out loud, I'm like, I don't actually mean that. What I mean is that I am making 
so many um, decisions in the classroom in an immediate moment. And right now, there's not really a lot of decisions to make. Like in one class hour, think about it as an educator, how many decisions do you make? Like a million, right? <laughs> there are 34 different things going on at one moment and you are problem solving and facilitating every single ounce of that. And now I'm at home and I'm, yeah, I'm responding to emails. Yeah, I'm a lesson planning, but holy cow, there are not 34 bodies seeking my attention right. <laughs> every ounce of, you know, every, every ounce mm -hmm. of the day. And um, I think that as, you know, natural problem solvers, we're in a tough situation because we want to find the solutions, but things are changing so quick that we don't have the ability to, because the moment we make a decision, it becomes outdated. Mm -hmm. and, and you just nailed it. I mean, it is so hard for educators not to have a handle on things. You know, we are fixers and, and we can pivot because we're protecting all these little bodies that we're responsible for, our big bodies. Yeah. <laughs> but at the end of the day, we're responsible for these other people. So we have to do what's best for them. And and multiple decisions happen in a day. And and that that's that's how we're designed. That's what we're accustomed to. So I get, after talking through this, I fully, fully get where we're all coming from with so many layers of emotions that the non-educator doesn't even begin to understand, right? Yeah. <laughs> but we, we have to take care of ourselves and we have to, also I think it's important to talk to other educators like we're yeah. doing, but even, even in a closer unit than that, like at my school, there's a core group, like who are you really, really close to? Who really, really knows you well at school? Who who knows you well enough to know you're not okay? Who can give you that self-check? Who can who can just really talk to you, you know? And it's really important that we don't disconnect from those relationships. Um, I When we were on a Teams call, we had a Teams call, let's say, on a Monday and a Tuesday. And this one teacher just didn't look okay Monday. And I texted to see if she was okay. And she said, yeah, but Tuesday, it was the same thing. And so then I picked up the phone and called. So we have to have lenses to not just the self-care, but to care for each other too. It's a thousand percent correct. And we can try and be problem solvers for each other. There are things we can do now to prepare for August. I know we talked about that in episode one. So if you didn't listen to that episode, you can go back and kind of you know, review those three things I really think all educators should be considering for August. But you hit the nail on the head that we can't do any of that unless we take care of ourselves and take care of each other, especially because our students are interacting with lots of people. And so if we can keep our community healthy, especially healthy mentally, they're going to be better on the end as well. I love that. And and I love, you know, the spirit of community. I think that's the one of the beautiful things that have come out of COVID-19. And I always struggle with saying the beautiful things are opportunity because COVID-19 has had some tragic impacts on families. And I always want to give credence to that and, and give it its proper space. But there also have been some beautiful things that have come out of crisis. Um, and, and, and the beautiful always comes out of crisis, right? Even with tragedy, there's the beauty. And I think the beauty of it is, I think the parent-teacher relationship has like quadrupled in, in the bonds, in the level of understanding on each side of the fence. We've pro provided grace. Parents are looking through different lenses. I just see completely new relationships being forged. And 
even in that, like I live in the community where I teach and I was going to the store the other day and I saw a dad and we stopped and talked and, oh my gosh, he was just, he said, I, I can't do it. I don't know how y'all do it. Just this whole, you know, I didn't realize how good it felt to be appreciated. You know, I, I didn't even know that that was something that I needed at the time. Um, but the parent-teacher relationships, I think, are going to a completely different level. And the way we are caring for each other in our community, I think kind of fills our buckets too and helps us emotionally and mentally. Would you agree? Absolutely. And I think the more we can continue that, regardless of how we end up going back to schools, that parent communication, we are not only responsible for the tiny humans in our classroom, we are responsible for the families as well. And so I hope, if nothing else, that the educators that got used to doing video calls, that got used to recording themselves, sharing messages to families, that got used to seeing the importance of making directions so clear so that our parents had an easier time, we have a responsibility to continue that too for months and years to come, for sure. Oh, you, you, that, that. (laughs) exclamation mark. And the reason I say that I have a freshman in high school and um, he would bring home even in eighth grade, this math. And I'm pretty, I thought I was pretty good at math, but this whole new thing, I'm like, that looks like Greek. But the way that teachers have taken the time to help me understand the office hours, all these things that have come out of COVID-19, um, um, the, the connections. There's something going around here. I forgot what state it was in. A kid was having trouble with a math assignment and there's this picture and it's so beautiful. You may have seen it where the math teacher and the student are social distancing out in the front yard. I'm like, that's the beauty of, of education is, you know, the only way this math teacher knew that this, this kid was struggling was, I think, I, I think it was on the call, but I also think mom reached out too. But, but so we, we've changed the parent-teacher relationship. Parents are so much more empowered with, with the learning that we have to keep that going in that same direction. You, you are absolutely right. I think parents as stakeholders, it, it's completely changed. And I don't know, there's joy in that. Oh, absolutely. The more, like I said earlier, the more we can invite our community in to see what's going on in our schools and send our schools out and be able to educate our community, that is going to create a circling effect that really bonds not only our community with the value uh, that education brings, but also create a well-educated community. Absolutely, Ray. So as our time comes to a close, friends, we just really want to kind of go back to the beginning and just remind you of the value and the importance of not just self-care, but the value and importance of yourself and taking care of yourself. Ray, do you want to add anything? Uh, Very true. I would love to see if any of you are taking any of these strategies. Feel free to like share a picture and tag us on social media. If you're creating your own little, you know, list of things that bring you joy that you're going to hang on your refrigerator, I'd love for you to share out and tag Tracy and I and the Teach Better team. We'd love to just celebrate you caring for you because it is so important. 
absolutely how do you take care of you that's going to be not only fun to see but you're also sharing and giving other people ideas i know i could use a ton of ideas on self-care <laughs> totally i love them i i think that i am so such a learner in this area i'm hoping people can give me new things i can do my refrigerator exactly. list ain't gonna cut it <laughs> <laughs> when you said that i'm like score that is such a great idea so friends clearly you can see ray and i we need some self-care tips yeah. so definitely there. <laughs> well, Ray, thank you so much for um, being on Teach Better Tuesday. I'm so glad to have you. And it's it's been a really, really inspiring time talking about self-care. Always so fun. Thanks again. Absolutely. So friends, we'd like to thank you for listening to Intelligogy, where together we will disrupt uh, educational normalcy. Until next time. Thank you. Bye, Ray. See ya.